0: 나야,
1: when you can take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Ninja! The tea party's over! Time for you
2: to leave. Too fishy.
3: Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Asian Action Cast Insert Ominous Music Now. <laughs> My name is Sam, and joining me tonight we have Mikey. Hello. Rachel.
1: Yo. Chris. Hi, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Nathan, who is actually faking it tonight. Just because I've missed out on the last 21 of the 24 podcasts we have, he pulls one tonight. Not good enough, Nath. Hi. And Scott. Hi, and hi, Nathan.
3: <laughs> Hello, Nathan. So here on the Asian Action Cast, we watch, review, recap, revamp the best and worst of Hong Kong and Asian action cinema, and then talk amongst ourselves for your listening pleasure. And tonight is no different. Tonight, Chris, welcome back after a long hiatus
1: overseas, abroad. It's been a while, yeah. I'm a bit rusty, so uh, my jokes might not land, but this will be the first time ever that's ever happened. So, you know, just...
3: (laughs) At least they land. Aha! (laughs) I want to cry. Uh, so, tonight was a, uh, a film that you chose, Chris. Do you want to give us an idea
1: on what you chose, why you chose it, where it came from? Uh, this is a film called Ballerina. It is a Korean film. When I saw the preview of it, I saw the guy doing exercises and just instantly thought of Sam and <laughs> and that was it. And, she came and uh, the preview had her coming down an elevator, which was blood-soaked and bodies everywhere. And I thought, well, this has got to be good for a laugh, so... Um, I literally put seven seconds of thought into this and it paid off. There
3: Um, you go. Yeah. And the guy turned out to be an absolute douchebag, so spot on. (laughs) (laughs) And the actors. (laughs) Uh, 2023 film, so fairly brand new, Netflix joint, ballerina, ballerina, should I say. Uh, It's a film from Korea, you're right. It's a Korean production directed by Chung Hwan Lee, uh, written also by Chung Hwan Lee. And starring a fairly newcomer. She's not been in many films before. Jeon Jong-seo or Rachel Jun, um, who plays a badass, vengeful killer. Well, is she a killer?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's basically taken in an in a emo, orange-haired Korean girl. Yeah, lots of,
3: you know, lots of Korean girls have like bleached. Lots of Asian people have kind of bleached not bleached but kind of softened is that what you call it what you call it softened hair, like you know the color add a bit of color to it champagne gold yeah you know because you can get away with that looking at the
4: uh uh, cast list here i'd say from what i can tell a lot of these actors are mostly tv roles not a lot of movies like maybe three or four here and there so it's interesting seeing them like not the tv and movie is drastically
1: different but well, it does because if they didn't get the TV people, they certainly wouldn't have a Lamborghini in this film. It would be like a Datsun or something. So They just uh, put green paint on the Datsun and <laughs> green screen a lambo on it.
3: Uh, before we get into the uh, the pitch, I thought I'd let you know we spoke a bit about the, the main actors in the film. So, Rachel Jun and the the main bad guy really is a guy called Kim uh, Ji-hoon. And what do you think the age difference is between them? I know that I mentioned that Kim Ji-hoon is 42. How old do you think Rachel Joon is?
2: 29.
1: Oh, you checked.
2: <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> you said her date of birth oh. like 20 minutes
1: ago, sir. Mate, you're not that good at maths, don't lie. <laughs> yes.
3: Well done at doing maths, Mike. <laughs> our listeners aren't here for math. They're here for sensational
4: trivia. Speaking of age differences, uh, our uh, gun dealers here are Ju Hyun and Kim Young Ok. Uh, that's the, the old couple. Sorry, Kim Young Ok. Kim Young Ok is um, an actress that is known, and I quote, as... Dramatic pause. <laughs> <laughs> Citation needed. National <laughs> grandma. Like, she's South Korea's national grandma. Like, oh. <laughs> all her roles are, like, grandmas. Yeah. And I was thinking about that because I've, I've seen a
1: few series of- She's Korea's Betty White.
4: Yeah. Ah. But essentially, your role is to be the grandma. And essentially, if your role is to die in a lot of these shows, right? Oh, well, that, I mean, that would have been how sad
0: she dies. She, she just fucking yells at people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she was in it for, like, two seconds. But she did have a flamethrower. She's pretty cool. Yeah. If you're going to be on film for two seconds, a flamethrower is a good way to do it. Also, I need to give shout out to um, the boss
4: of this movie. Uh, that is Chief Joe, who is Kim <laughs> Mu Yol, And he's got the, the bad hair and the, the smugness and the, the ripped. Describe his hair, Scott.
1: Slick. Parted Slick. down the middle, but like really parted down the middle. And
4: very combed. Very Yes, very combed. He's playing croquette. He's playing polo. He's laughing it up at lunch.
3: He's a man. He's a sophisticated man Croquet. of leisure. Croquet. 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 He's eating croquets. I don't know. Is he making a sweater? Or is that crochet? <laughs> <laughs> he's doing something with a K. Can we
4: get to, can we get to the, the pitch? Because I'm, I'm flailing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. So, you're in the Asian action cast. We do do a pitch where if you haven't seen this film before, we're going to sell it to you in a short phrase that will maybe make you want to go and pick this film up. Do you want
1: st- to... Uh, Chris, you're... You're back from a big, long trip. Oh, Use that put, brain. Put me on the spot. Okay, so I'm going to set the scene for you. This jacked-up guy is doing these exercises that actually have nothing whatsoever to do with the film. So there's your, there's, your, there's your eye candy for the females. We have these two girls that may or may not have had a lesbian relationship with one dyes her hair orange, and then you have a lot of bullets, a lot of blood, some pretty cool fights that have no sensical plot whatsoever. Pin me, then pay me. Very good.
3: Listeners, what do you vote? Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. <laughs> Scott.
4: Uh, this is um, Kill Bill meets John Wick. Yeah. Through the lens of Johnny Toe and <laughs> John Woo going, whoa, easy on the camera angles there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Looking at me. Yeah, look at you, Rachel.
4: Uh, a True Bullet Ballet.
3: True hey, Bullet Ballet.
4: Spot on. Spot on.
3: Uh, I'll go next. Sorry, Mikey. Um, this is a Wong Kar Wai film of love, loss, and emotional damage with a couple of fight scenes.
1: Emotional
2: damage. Okay. Um, Barbie teaches Ken a lesson
1: that he will never forget. He will never forget. (laughs) What Ranga Barbie goes after
0: Look, I've human trafficker Ken doesn't get away with <laughs> shit. Is he a That's human right. trafficker?
1: No. They're,
4: they're fucking trafficking Is he trafficking?
0: what, what, what the boss said. Did we was? just do a little bit? Yeah, like the exposition is like, a
4: little drug dealing, a little yeah. human
0: trafficking. Yeah. They want to make sure that you totally dislike them for good reason.
3: They're pretty bad guys. I mean, the whole story is about this guy, Kim ji Hoon, who runs a drug... Human trafficking ring
1: He's like a mafia
4: I think he's a drug guy But the human trafficking Slash weird porn Is what uh, Choi is doing On the side It's on the side And he's kind of Using the money to film it He's like Hey we didn't ask you Yeah I didn't ask you To make this weird porn man Where'd you get the money For the Lamborghini And all that stuff It's yeah He's bringing ill repute To this good (laughs) Wholesome industry Of (laughs) drug dealing (laughs)
3: Outstanding drug dealers (laughs) We're good bad guys You're making us Bad bad guys I
0: mean he's he's got to finish. Basically, the guy, the guy, they're working in local government and they said no side jobs when you're employed by the city, okay? All the cops are all paid off, too, by the sounds of it.
3: Yeah, you have to declare that shit. <laughs> declare <laughs> it. We're a legitimate business. Look, he's a good looking dude. And you're I'm right, in waste Chris. management. He's very, he's very jacked and he's very ripped, but I guess it's kind of like American Psycho, right? Like the guy that has it all just wants that thing that he can't have, which is like weird sexual fetishes. Love. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think he needs love? I think he's filling that hole. <laughs> so, I mean,
4: Korean psycho is what you got this movie.
3: Korean psycho. He's a good looking guy. Like I'm gonna give it he's forty two, he's got long hair, he's chiseled
4: features. I imagine Tommy was so was a little less um,
3: haggled. <laughs> haggled. <laughs> yeah. I mean if you were to meet him on the street, you'd be like, ah, he seems like a bit of a rich entitled prick.
2: Do you find, like, um, these kinds of movies are funny because it's, like, the real-life version of Fifty Shades of Grey, what some really crazy psycho guy would really be into?
3: It's a fine line, isn't it, between that... uh, What's that Netflix movie as well where it's kind of like the Stockholm Syndrome? You know, there's a... She's not a sex slave. She's a sex participant. But kind of like, you know...
0: It's- isn't this just Andrew Tate the real life of <laughs> well- Andrew Tate? <laughs>
3: True. I don't know who that is. I don't know. Is he a basketball player?
2: He's <laughs> <laughs> a YouTube tool. Oh, okay. But you what? see,
3: the interesting thing about this film is that Rachel June is actually not part of the story. She's an outsider, right? She just exists outside. She is John Wick if John Wick were retired and just kind of coasting.
4: But that's the thing. Like, her character is, isn't really an ex assassin or anything. She's just like- A weirdo who has no friends
1: and sort of her only two friends are sort of getting messed up the the thing about this film is it doesn't it doesn't explain it gives you just enough like her backstory was that she looks after celebrities and um is a bodyguard that kills people you know she doesn't doesn't go into it like there's a scene where she's at a, a gun range and someone says oh Her ex-boss or whatever says, we need you back. And she says, I'm not here for that. I just need some equipment. And that's all you get. It gives you just enough to sort of pique your interest. She's got some training. She knows how to fight. But you don't get any more than that. I think it's quite refreshing that you don't get drowned in backstory. But it's good enough that you're not sitting there going like, oh, well, she just woke up and was able to do that.
4: Yeah. Also, you could also it, it's it's done in a way where she says that and she could laugh. Her friend can laugh, and I was like, oh, what a what a jokester, what a prankster. But you know, she's not like, oh my god, you're serious. She's like, oh, we're like a bodyguard, and it's it's not really. Uh, she says it in an almost joking way, but oh, she's just joking, you know.
2: Could we um, maybe follow up with the TV theme, and it's almost like the pilot hmm. of a series, leading in just introducing you a little bit to the character. And a couple of flashbacks. And in the next episode. The next episode is Riverdance. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: found her character to be very bland and like there wasn't much to her. She wasn't an emotive character, but I think that's why she was playing was. Like ice cold? Yeah. And I think part of the, uh, the reason why she wanted revenge so bad is because her partner slash love interest slash soul. I don't know. Good friend. Important know. person in her life. Um, really sees her for more than just that cold nothing person and I think that's kind of what drives the film right because if you don't make that connection to go hey this girl really sees something in me that I don't know that I have well she kind of says it like she's like you dragged me out and sort of got me out of my shell a little bit yeah but the thing that I didn't understand about the film uh, is the emotional connection that she has why is she hanging out with this douchebag or was she just roofied
1: randomly if you go by what the film says, she was roofied randomly. But it also, I've also got to ask a question here because this guy, the part of his thing is he goes to a bar and he, they use a the code word ghost fishing. He basically roofies them, brings them back, and then does horrible things to them. Now, what she, if she's a ballerina, they don't you generally don't tend to go out partying at bars. So, um, you know, there's that question. It gives you a bit of like conjecture of, oh, what was, was she really a ballerina? Because the question gets asked, was she really a ballerina? Or was she out there looking for somebody, you know, that... Why was she at the club? Why would a ballerina need to go to a hey, club? You, got, you got a party. I
0: think she's a professional ballerina. She's she's a... What do you call... Training. Want to wanna, wanna be or something?
1: Mm. She did it, yeah. She,
0: she wants to be, like, I guess, more than what she is. But, I mean, like, when you train as a ballerina, you start from young, right? And then you keep going and going. But you can't really start
1: from an adult. Does that mean that the main character was a ballerina and
3: her friend wasn't?
1: No the 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 main character um, Rachel June was um, a friend of I think they're in the same class. Yes, you're right. Actually, they did mention they that. went to school together. She was working part time in a cake shop, and she comes in for on her on birthday to buy her own birthday cake, and um, they start talking, and she goes, "You don't remember me? I'm blah blah blah," and she goes. Oh, and that's when they start to get the friendship going.
4: All right, stop. Favorite cake in order: Mike, mint. Sam. <laughs> oh shit! Fruit flan. Rachel. <laughs> Black forest. Christian. Pavlova. Mint.
3: <laughs> oh, you, yours is actually mint. I like <laughs> a good We're the mint. mint crew.
4: Just mint. No, not chocolate mint. <laughs> well, it's like you don't have to brush your teeth afterwards because it's all minty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, no, the, no, a like, little I, thing there. You go. Oh, uh, she, the she goes. Oh, the cake she picked was a chalk mint. She's never had it before. She goes. Oh. I'm Team Chalk Mint and little sprinkles of Team Chalk Mint go through it. For the
4: remainder of this podcast, we are Team Chalk Mint. Actually, my favorite cake is not really a cake. It's more of a trifle. I do like a trifle with the custard and the fruit and all that shit in there Ooh, and the cake yeah. and this cake on the bottom. I love this, some trifle.
3: Oh, is that is that your thing? Trifle with custard I, and... Yeah, yeah. Right. I like a bit of trifle. Well, that's a trifle bizarre, isn't it? I know. That's,
4: that's a bit of a cheesecake you're in. Mate, mine was better. Shut up. Anybody?
3: No. no. <laughs> all
4: right. So, um, should we do a bit of a, a plot? Uh, it's a. Uh, Wrap up I guess Like it's not that Dense but
3: Plot wrap up Vengeance Alright next (laughs) Yeah next
4: (laughs) Do we do this at home No I'm just joking
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now why do we Why do we watch Asian action films people For the action And it opens up With some action Does it yeah, well, oh it, does. it does and then it becomes a desolate wasteland for the next 45 minutes It's like I'd
2: you, almost you, forgotten because it felt so long in between
4: <laughs> like You start in the fireworks factory, you roll down the hill You spend like 40 minutes
3: getting back up the hill But when you're in the, up the top of the hill, then you kick the door open oh, It opens up with uh, a pretty good action scene She is, again, they always play it where the hero comes in And they don't really have anything to do with it But it's a bunch of mooks that are trying to rob some convenience store Does this happen? Is this a is this a movie thing that happens? Does it happen in real life that thugs just go to a store, grab a bunch of
1: Cheetos or whatever it is, and <laughs> just Chinkos. go, "Give me your money."
3: Does that happen regularly?
1: They they just- yeah, uh, mainly at alcohol shops. They just people. There's a big thing that people just walk in, grab a cart, and just walk out, and the owners are chasing them down the street. Oh,
0: just shoplifting, but yeah, not, shoplifting. not actual cash theft.
1: There's a great bit here in this. They're trying to rob the place, but. The guy's like, there's no money. People are paying with their cards now. We don't have cash. He goes, what about the safe? And he's like, look, I'm part-time. I don't know what's in the safe. (laughs) And then she just, because they've got all the bad guys in this film, except for one scene, have knives. There's not one gun amongst them.
4: It's South Korea, actually. It's quite
1: hard to get guns.
0: Yeah, what's their gun laws like?
1: (laughs) But she on the other, so they're trying to, Rob, this guy, the poor clerk, he gets smacked around. And then she just comes up, I want to buy this cereal. In the middle of a shakedown. Excuse me. And they're all just looking at her as if to say,
3: oh. And this is the first of many instances when she is super cocky
1: and confident when she shouldn't be. She should not be. The only, And then they have this this fight, obviously. And she has a really good use of this tin can, which, by the it's way. It's a can of pineapple. A can of pineapple <laughs> that never leaks. Is, yeah, that's true. It doesn't. It does Because it would have been funnier if she like, squirted on their
4: eye. Or had a, had a
3: drink of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, this film, this cut scene, uh, sorry, this fight scene is really, really good. It's like lots of in between aisles and like every time they go to thruster with a knife, the can's in the right place, takes the blade and everything like that. But the thing about this versus other fights later on in the movie is that it's jerky. It's like really fast. It's a lot of cuts, snips, cut, cut, cut. Kinetic. Oh, edit you're talking about like the edits right they're yeah. very fast edits well so later on you actually see her full roll punch and this is like you throw a punch and the camera cuts to behind the guy and then go immediately cuts to another scene And
4: it's a good thing she had a can of pineapple and not like a can of Pringles or something like that because it would be a different movie
1: <laughs> do you know what would be uh,
3: I assume this is because she's a badass but what if the knife was longer than the can mm. yeah it
4: would come out with pineapples all over it <laughs> what if she had an actual pineapple
1: and just ate it <laughs> while she was it. like cl- a yeah. pineapple
4: or a durian or something what would it be funny if it
1: was a big apple and she just cut and then cut slices and she just eating the slices she beats the hell out of us we can't make a better movie with the movie we just watched <laughs> you can't oh, I can't in my head I can do anything <laughs> anything
3: uh, and this this fight scene actually ends with her walking away
1: and paying
4: for her food
3: yeah I would have expected that the shop guy would just and be like can. it's free yeah that's why she paid it. she's like oh, oh
4: this fucking can as well <laughs>
3: But, I mean, she steps up to go and pay for it, right? And she's got all of this money and she's flashing all of this money and the mooks are looking at her money going, are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? Where'd she get the money from? Is she a drug dealer? <laughs> Fishies. Fishies. Yeah. Her history is clouded. And that is the only fight scene that we see for a while.
4: But It establishes her as like a badass... She's also a bit vulnerable and it establishes the tone of the film and the, the style of the film is in like lots of neon lights, lots yeah. of cuts and lots of uh, tattered up dudes getting their, their shit kicked in, you know.
3: What's up with all the the light bloom? There was a lot of Leon, a lot of Leon. A lot of Leon lie. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Leon Give <laughs> Keep it in your pants man. Huh? <laughs> some you can check. Um, <laughs> but the the lights were all kind of blown
2: out and overexposed, right? It was very stylized, wasn't it? Um, a number of the shots that were positioning the camera to look back at the car as they were driving and and different you know angles and things that they were going for just to try and make it look more stylized than it really needed to be some, some of it to the point of you didn't need to linger on that coffee cup, coffee cup
4: for that long. No. Like, it's almost a, a bit excessive. Like, come on. You could have almost. got that a bit quicker. You could have cut, like, 10 minutes out of this movie of just, like, here's a shot of the door. But it does look pretty fucking flashy. It's you
2: know? a, like they were, you know, intentionally going for those throw-off kind of scenes and, and throw-away.
1: So if
4: we watched like- Wes Anderson and fucking, uh, you know, John Woo, we can do the same.
1: Yeah. Well, my theory on this is, is that when we first see her in the- and all through the the neon and that's her life it's dark but it's overblown neon it's not when it comes to her and her memories of her friend it's all soft lighting it's outside lighting saturated really bright Uh, and then you go through and it goes through goes back to dark goes back to neon and then like she as in the end of it it goes from you know like the, the beach in, at night, that goes to day and it goes in the water and, and it just, it's it's more about her, I think it's more about her, her journey and the, the, where she is in her, her life in the, at the time. Do you
2: think it works,
1: like the explanation of who she is as, as the movie
2: itself? Well, do you, do you mean that she's capable of doing everything she can? It, it's capable but doesn't really explain why, it doesn't
1: really. Explain- I think it works in its favour because if they explain too much, I think you wouldn't believe it. If they explained too much, it'd be a four-hour movie.
2: Like, come on! I think if you I mean, if you, you think actually you need it needed <clears throat> like um you know like a, a giant exposition or something, just something more tangible than
1: oh yeah, I do this on the side. Well, what do you think uh, if they had said, "Oh, sh- would you have believed it?" It wasn't. Oh, she's ex-military. She's ex-special yeah, forces. Like, but would that? How would that have you? really changed? I mean, that would take away from it. I think that, and I really do think that works in this film's favour. You've got this person you don't know anything about it. She protects people. That's and then like she's got all these skills. It kind of makes me want to see a sequel.
0: I don't, I don't want to see a sequel. I <laughs> think it's fine as it is. But I think backstory because how does your friend end up like? You know, being an adult ballerina is one thing and working in a cake shop is pretty maybe normal, but then how do you become a, like a VIP bodyguard and able to like shoot someone's head off? Mm. It's not very common um, life path for most people.
3: Mm. Maybe that's why she's like <laughs> isolated and withdrawn is she can't mingle socially because she spent all those years in training.
4: Because you can't talk to people about guns and bullets like, oh, did you hear about this? And like,
3: what the fuck are you, you talking have to, about? You,
0: mean, you have to have a certain mindset and something happened maybe in your life that made you
2: go that way anyway I'd like to see a prequel and to make yeah. them like school friends that's how you know yeah. they're trying to tie it back to like oh when, when we were young we were friends and now we're meeting up again and then having the relationship or whatever but it just didn't like you wouldn't know what you just disappeared off into the ether and learned all these assassin skills or whatever.
3: you imagine just, the 10-year like, high school reunion? What have you been doing? Ah, <laughs> oh, you know, I've been working at a cake shop. What have you been doing? Killing
2: fools. <laughs> <laughs> Whacking people.
3: Yeah. No, I think um, she's not invincible throughout the film, so I think it's that kind That was of one thing that I
2: liked. I, I liked that she wasn't the completely invincible warrior. I mean, in the first fight scene, she's well better than any of the, you know, the mooks that are robbing the store. But in the subsequent ones... She does get beat up almost instantly in the next fight. She's getting taken on more than she can chew, as it were. And, and in the subsequent fights through, she, she does get the hits and stuff. She obviously carries on like your typical hero more than a normal person would. But I, I like that as a believability mm-hmm. part. But that's why the, just the how she got there part wasn't there for me to make the character fully fleshed. Also, I think it works that Choi is, like, presented as this
4: badass gangster guy, but he's a bit of a sniveling prick. You know, he sort of intimidate a bunch of people and, you know, beat up women. He's not like a, a full-on
2: super gangster. He's, like, just a, a cocky prick. And, and the funny thing for him was they, like, start off with this archetype that he's a really good, you know, doing all these moves, as Christian was describing. Um, he looks like he's a cool... It's gymnastics foot. type. Calisthenics, and and even the boss guy goes, "You were the best fighter." You know what happened, kind of thing. And when he was having the first fight with him, he was actually fairly competent in what he does. And then almost instantly, in every single subsequent fight, he's like crap, and gets beaten up quite
1: easily. And he ends up lying to his boss and sort of trying to cover his tracks a bit. Well, to, to be honest, he only ever has one fight, and realistically, he would have lost that if it wasn't for the hotel clerk.
2: Yeah, but um, as as I was saying, it, it was a, a decent fight, though. Like, they were both... Um, she had the knife, and so he was at the disadvantage, but he was stronger than her and still throwing her around and everything else. Don't get me wrong, he would have lost, but it just felt like there was this level, and then in the next bits, It's he's kind of the sniveling, bumbling I Luke guy like the others.
3: They mentioned that... Um- he was kind of crippled. And, I mean, the only damage he sustained was a big gash over his cheek. So, maybe that was his special power. Without his good looks, he's just a regular dude. <laughs> it's, it's ego damage. Ego. Yeah, yeah. His ego damage really hurt his confidence. But I did like that. I think that was the second fight scene where he is about to... He's roofied her. Um, well, well, he thinks has roofied her. He picked her up in a club. Well, she went
4: out of a way to... Well, we missed everything here. Like, yeah. her friend is the ballerina is murdered. Well, well, or commit suicide in the bar. Yeah. And
1: she leaves a note.
4: Leaves a note saying please avenge me and some ballet shoes. And uh, she puts two and two together and, and finds this guy and goes out of way to uh, pick up this guy essentially. Can I buy you a drink?
1: Hang on. I think before you go into that part, you've got to see that the ballerina left this this note about Choi and Oh sorry, yeah, she left a, and it. her phone. So she rings her phone. The the guy actually rings her the the and she cuts her wrists in the bath and she's like, avenge me. So she rings the ballerina's phone. He rings the ballerina's phone, sorry. And he's like, oh, you're ignoring me again. If you don't come back, rah, 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 and you don't do this, I'll make sure your family, you know, and you think, oh, what's he got on her family? Anyway, she follows him. The next day he goes back out in the Lambo and he, she goes to his house. His house, he's got like, it looks like a normal house till he gets to this one cupboard, opens up the cupboard. There's whips, change, all this BDSM gear. She opens this one drawer, and it's just a perfect thing of USB drives, and all these victims, and what he's done to them—basically making snuff films, I think it is, or you know, blackmail films. That's where he's getting all his money. How he's able to afford the the Lambo, and that's when she decides to go after him. Then, how many gigs do you reckon those USB sticks? <coughs> Two well, gig each. Oh, oh yeah, no,
3: not even, <laughs> not even. I, d- I did wonder why he didn't take her back to his house because that's where all of his gear is. Well, didn't you say his parents lived there? Yeah, well, that's that's, full a, of shit.
0: that's a lie. But you don't want to take him take them back to where your personal home is, right?
2: Well, he's got yeah, the, the hotel only, paid off and the cops paid off. That's and, right. And she only found the, the personal house by trailing him back to where he lives. So, it's probably the the hotel is, it's a cr- is it's his a main clean crime, crime scene. scene.
3: Yeah. yeah. But he does have his goodie bag full of whips and knives and stabbing weapons no it's just actually like sexual gear and he's wearing a gimp mask as well which i thought was quite funny
4: and christian mentioned off air that the the scar reminds me a bit of itchy the killer and that that whole scene the opening scene in itchy the killer where they're cleaning up the hotel kind of reminds me of that too it's like very brightly colored
3: and shit it's not clear that he's a good fighter and she's passed out or pretending to be passed out on the bed and she actually has a knife. And then when she goes to stab him, there's a cutaway. And you hear the, you know, the shunk and some blood. And you think, oh, got him. Yeah, got him, right? And I thought, oh, man, this is like a big boss. And he's just taken he's taken away like so early. But no, he's actually grabbed it with his blade. And he's like, what? Grabbed
2: grab the blade yeah. in his hand, yeah.
1: And then a, a, a really, uh, it's a really, one thing about these scenes is they're really hard hitting. They're like. Like you, they throw them, they really throw themselves into the cupboards and the walls and, and everything like that. It's, it's one of the things I really noticed about this is they may be quick, they may not be overly dramatic, but they're hard-hitting. The visceral nature of violence,
3: especially like when it's him kicking hers because she's smaller, so the impact is so much greater and she goes flying and it's just like you watch a, a, like a Hong Kong film whenever you go, shit, that's a, that's a kick-ass stunt, right? They're getting ratcheted back. And she's taken all of these lumps. And apparently, she did all of her own stunts. There's a lot of camera shaking going also on
0: there. I found that very distracting oh. to, to, for the camera to be shaking. Because I feel the opposite, that you don't feel how hard it is because
4: the camera has shook. I'm like 50-50. Like, some of them were. Okay, but like, I felt the, the, vis- like the last fight scene in the... Country club yeah. or whatever, but the, the opening one in the hotel, like like Rachel said, is like a bit, bit shaky. I think
0: it's better that they use different styles with different scenes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise if it was the through the whole film, then I probably would have just like fallen not fallen asleep, Puke. but stop stop yeah. paying attention. <laughs> yeah, but that maybe that too.
3: It was better than Born Supremacy, which is just, you know, like nausea inducing, but it's not as good as you know, like a John Wick or whatever it is. And I think it might be because She's not a martial artist and I don't know that he is either. I think he's probably like a pop star or something like that. So having those quick edits and then having jumbly cameras makes it e- easier to cut in between the, uh, the shots. So, but she did pretty well and they did pretty well. Like it was cohesive. I could tell what was going on.
0: It was terrifying, I would say. Yeah. That's... The, whole, the whole scene. Yeah. And then through the lobby as well was terrifying.
3: She had the upper hand until the uh, hotel guy came in with a shotgun and was kind of pelting away. I didn't know whether they were in on it or not. And then they came in, obviously, and proved
1: that they were. The funny scene after that is um, she uh, uh, takes the gun off the other guy and basically blockades the door with a vending machine or whatever. And turn, and you hear this... And you turn around and there's a guy who's got an ankle bracelet on, like a, one of those...
2: A crim. Yeah,
1: I don't know what they call them, but anyway... She's looking down the hall and he's got a fucking chainsaw and he just starts running at her. And it's like, it's this really cool shot where it's like they've ripped the wall out and it's going along all the hotel doors. And then just before he gets to her, the door opens and this ex-sex slave or girl who's been trapped there or whatever knocks the guy down and he cuts his own foot off with the chainsaw. Brutal. And then those two escape. And she's like, I've got a plan to to kill all these guys. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh.
4: I wonder if that, that shot or that is a, a nod to the movie Old Boy because they got a, a, a
1: that famous- I
3: was just going to say that, yeah.
4: I mean, not that it's uh, only in that film, but that, that sort of seems to be the popular film with that.
3: Yeah, like a, it's a little diorama or something. It's mm. just, yeah, but very brightly colored. The hallway was really, really nicely cut. And I like it where she's standing at one end of the hallway and she's looking down and it's kind
1: of like The Shining. And you can see him <laughs> standing there with
3: like this chainsaw. She just said, "Here's
1: Johnny." Yeah. Like. I, I really wanted to do wanted another Mandy where she finds a chainsaw and they have this like chainsaw, chainsaw fight.
4: That sounds like a raid three, the raid three should should do that.
0: And I think uh, is it established that the girl is actually a high school student because she's basically
2: wearing a uniform. I didn't
4: know that. Oh, no, yeah, because one it's of the, his USB sticks says "Young High School" or something mm, like that.
2: Oh yeah, it was Freak. kind of um, yeah that that threw me for a bit because it didn't really make sense as to she suddenly chooses the exact right moment to open the door and stop the chainsaw guy and then they take off and you're like is she in on it or is, is she yeah I wasn't you know, sure if she was, was part it, of it didn't it didn't make sense for a bit because how
3: could she get out of the door if she was locked in it,
2: exactly and then it kind of tries to you know explain around it with the, the big boss guy saying that you're running the brothel essentially you go mm. oh okay she's she's either a sex worker or a sex slave or whatever in there but didn't really sell it as to her intent and then as she then becomes you know the next part of of the scheme is she gets captured again and it's like well why would she really care
3: that she does i don't know yeah they didn't have that relationship but yeah. she's a victim i guess so maybe yeah. she's projecting her friend onto her
0: the nature of abuse is that you you know you don't need a door locked to keep you in mm.
1: i um i have just realized I mean, this is just dawned on me one of the things we don't believe is how this Lamborghini got around Korea <laughs> in, over the fight scene. Oh right? yes, that's true. Because this Lambo ends up on the beach. It ends up on this, this like in a paddock, grassy paddock, and that- you never see it on a sealed road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was that was the best
2: part, wasn't it? Like they're parked in the middle of this paddock, and then this truck comes along bouncing because it's so divvy and you're like that Lambo would never have got there.
1: <laughs> Just off 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 screen is the uh, the crane. <laughs> there's, in police. There's a great
3: scene after uh, um, the bad guy gets stabbed in the face, and he ends up in hospital. <laughs> and Chief Joe is there with this massive posse of guys just hanging around in the hospital room, and there must be like two dozen of them.
4: And one's wearing a t shirt that says
3: uh, <laughs> "Thug Club." All right, thug Club. Oh all right, <laughs> I do. There was another. I thought you were talking about a guy with the tattoos, and he's wearing like a shirt half on and half
0: off. <laughs> I was like, which one is it? Please decide. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's half on, baby. Uh, and they're all these, like, character, And I was really hoping that they'd all be mini-bosses that she'd have to take on at the end of the film. They probably
0: were, like, yeah. underneath she all did the... She would fight uh, a lot of dudes. Yes, at, at the M- M- Mary Jane farm. Mm.
3: I guess they were all wearing those white uh, hazmat suit kind of things. It would have been cool if that tattoo guy had half a hazmat suit <laughs> <and> <laughs> <half on. laughs>
2: Just to keep character, yep. But that was to introduce Chief Joe, who I
3: think is actually a pretty cool dude. He's a good character, man. Yeah. He's kind of like, yeah, you know, you're fucking on my business. Um, and he's threatening him. He's like, take care of this girl, right? Like, bring the girl to me. I'm not sure exactly why he wants the girl. Because this is, this is part of his sex ring, which Chief Joe doesn't really want to be a part of.
4: You're tarnishing our good name, goddammit.
0: Maybe he thinks she's tr- uh, trouble. So, you, you know, uh, eradicate trouble. And then... Uh you know, things will be fine again.
3: <laughs> yeah, Chief Joe's a cool dude. Uh, he's a cool gangster. Uh, this guy Jihoon, wow, what a piece
1: of shit! Piece of shit. I um, I I really, I don't know how you guys felt, but I thought it was it really <laughs> it really suited her. I, I wanted to see a little bit more, but when the the big boss <laughs> bites it. It's really unexpected. It was
3: because he's like so cocky. That. I like that. He, she's like, "No, I'm not fucking around." Blam, dead. Because you know how uh, they come in. The bad guy comes in with a
1: monologue, and he acts all confidence because co- surrounded by his goons.
4: We can work together. There's no point fighting. Yeah. Come
1: on. She basically walks into this drug den, makes a bit of noise, and says, "I'm going to ask this once. Where's the girl?" And the guy comes around through cut through like these these open curtain things, and he goes. Oh, so you're the girl. Oh, they told me you got killed. Oh, he sits down and he's like, come on, we don't we don't have to fight. I don't have a grudge against you. And then next thing you know, bang, head hits the ground and the camera's on the table. It's a clear table. Awesome shot. And he's just got blood coming out of his forehead on the table. It was just so unexpected. You just did not – you thought, oh, she's going to go down and then she's going to do some crazy shit and beat the hell out of the guys around him. No, straight up.
4: Like you've seen enough James Bond movies where the, the, the bad guy at the end is – Hanging on and getting out of trouble. It's like, no,
3: just dead. <laughs> just dead. See the thing is that this is another thing, the reason why I don't like her when she's so cocky is she's there. She's surrounded by a hundred dudes. She's got a I mean, she's got a gun, but she's kinda like, okay, acting all cocky and shit. She's only got one bullet.
1: Well, she had a second gun. But yeah, she the the first gun had about three or four shots left in it. And the second gun, I think, had about eight. But then there was probably like 25 guys there
3: and that was, that was the,
1: uh, the big fight scene where they all come at her and one of the good things about this is yeah, she has to defend herself hand to hand but whenever she does find a gun it's always got two or three shots and yeah. then that's it, she's constantly running out I think you said it Mike, she's constantly running out of ammo if I was one of those mooks and that was happening I'd be on that horse going gotta go <laughs> well,
0: that, that's the fault of the, uh, the arms dealers, the grandma and grandpa in the, what do you call it? It's a, blo- what was it called? Balloon shoot. Balloon shooter. Uh Game sort of looking
1: It's truck. like a mobile um, carney game.
2: It's kind of like um, the most disappointing, but strangely. Satisfying? Satisfying um, <laughs> truck opening with the gun dealer. Because I was expecting like, you know, the, because they come up little um, grandma and granddad coming up and handing over the cash to buy some weapons and you're thinking oh yeah here we go they're going to open up this van and it's got to be absolutely chock full of weapons and and just trying to throw you off by their parents but no they open up and there's a balloon shoot game and stuff and they've got some old tacky weapons in a drawer and like which one do you want oh, Your they, weapons they don't all, even they load. All work who oh, uses wait, revolvers one, one anymore work. you know etc so it it was it was good that they went the opposite way than Almost realistic to what but they're presenting
1: they, as. They, they make up to... for it immediately after that when she goes, what are you using it for? I'm going to be going hunting. Oh, I have the perfect hunting weapon. A fucking flamethrower. <laughs> it's and like a 20-foot column of
3: flame that she's shooting <laughs> out of this thing, this old nanny. And she's like, yeah.
1: And it totally wasn't CG either. a flamethrower
3: the the
0: National (laughs) Grandma near a flamethrower Oh
3: can you imagine if you were the one that set her on fire Oh (laughs) you just killed National Grandma You
4: set Betty White on fire (laughs) (laughs) National Grandma Holiday rule She's my uh, pick for best film actress of the year
1: (laughs) National (laughs) Grandma Oh yeah National (laughs) Grandma Let's just uh, just close that category now and they have this plan to go
3: and, and catch this guy, this douchebag. Um, but then the, they find out where they are. The douchebag finds out where the girls are. And before they can enact their plan, they just ambush her at a hotel. At a, well, I assume it's a hotel. Is
0: it a hotel? it her, her, her own apartment. Her own apartment? Yeah.
3: This a is a really cool yeah.
1: scene too because it's kind of like the camera's coming around a corner to go in. It's like a little bedroom. To go in around the corner to go into the bedroom so you don't see a lot of the fight scene and all you see is like guy getting pushed back into a, um, a dresser and then literally as it gets to the door her getting pushed out of a window I thought she jumped like does yeah, matter she, jumped, she, she out here. jumped out the window
0: <laughs> I guess if you it was like perspective if you came in with her into the apartment and you were standing back so then the door opens the bad guy comes out and then starts it throwing is, it into, is a cool her shot, into the oh, wardrobe shit. and whatever
3: yeah uh, and they managed to capture the school girl. And I guess that's what drives her to go and get revenge, to go and find this girl. And that's why she's going around and saying, look, she starts off at the Love Hotel. And she's like,
1: where the fuck are these guys? I actually, um, they're at the, the horse or well, they're playing water, water polo. The Marco country polo, club. Country <laughs> club. And he's got the girl in, in like this horse shower stall he comes up all menacingly and goes we're gonna start again with you all you had to do was wait you were nearly out of it he gets this massive great horse whip and he and the look on her face is like she's gonna go through all this pain and all this stuff it kind of gave me flashbacks to that like a budget version of the rambo 4 oh yeah bad guy you know he's just that you know you know he's a sleaze and all that but like he's just
3: the worst villain ever yeah you know like as if killing hundreds or thousands of people wasn't bad enough. Let's make him a kitty fiddler as well. <laughs> yeah. like how, how else can you make this guy worse, right? And so, this guy was pretty bad. Uh Ji-Hu, Now, he had that extendable horse whip, which I thought was actually kinda cool.
1: Extendable. I didn't even know they had those. I, I I really I part of me wish and this is I don't want to sound saddest like this, but I think for someone who is so gonna be so brutal, the 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 girl should have come off a bit worse. Like there wasn't a lot. Her face was still. If she had a bit of blood on her and a few bruises, but she. I mean, if you were doing that, you'd go to town. To to you know they should have had her ripped and maybe a a black eye or something. I don't know. Maybe they they didn't have the budget for it or something like that. But I just felt like it should have been a um you know. I think it's more like tell don't
0: show. Maybe because the winds are probably sexual. Just saying.
3: Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they probably have like standards or something. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> not in the right. face. Not the, not <laughs> in the face. A scar's alright. Um, so so Rachel June basically kills all the guys at the uh, at the plant after she kills Chief Joe. And that's when she finds these guys, these two douchebags, it's just um Jihoon and his henchman, we're just hanging around in the same place at the same time. And he's driving around with his schoolgirl in the back of a buggy. And so the henchman is sitting in the buggy and Rachel's about to shoot him, but lo and behold, douchebag is there with a the shotgun. At this point, we're like, is she dead? The
2: schoolgirl? Is she dead? Not sure.
1: I thought it was ominous foreshadowing because he he, um, is that because of the music. No,
2: (laughs) (laughs) it it told you it was ominous as well.
1: Like she's she walks up to him in the buggy and he's like shitting himself, and she walks behind him to have a look at the girl, and he's trying slowly pulling out this knife as if it's going to do anything, and then he shoots her in the arm, but she drops the gun in the back. Who shoots her in the arm? Oh, sorry, the 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 scar scarface scarface shoots um, our hero in the shoulder, but she drops the gun in the back of the. The buggy with the girl uh, you know the girls aren't supposed to be unconscious but it was just like oh well you can just automatically tell she's going to use this she's going to wake up and use this gun now yeah so a little bit like
0: because they did say they they um there was a phone call coming through to the back office or something and the guy was like yeah we've got young girls only young girls so i can see why they didn't they wouldn't kill her because they're too busy
3: making money mm-hmm. yeah okay well, they're lost then because she picked up the gun. Didn't do much with it, though. She totally missed four shots. Didn't hit with one. But it was enough of a distraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It distracted him enough that then he
1: got shot in the ribs by uh, Rachel Jun. With this little <laughs> Sean Connery gun. Yeah. It's this little 18th century, like, I don't know what. It's, it's a like, two-shot pistol? Yeah, two-shot pistol. Like, just enough to wound you. And then it's great because the next scene, they're on the beach. And they open the trunk and they pull out um, Scarface <laughs> and then they do the, I'm going to kill you with this flamethrower bit. But he's like, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to talk my way out of it. And then I love that. He's such a sniveling prick too. He's like, <laughs> oh, what did I do? I didn't even do anything. Come on. I'll spend the rest of my life... It's like, it's somewhere. a bit
4: excessive, don't you think? A <laughs> flamethrower.
1: You're just overreacting. You're on your period. You're overreacting. Oh.
4: Gaslighting motherfucker. This he, is your fault, not me.
3: He did <laughs> start he, off... I think
0: he genuinely believes that he didn't do anything much.
3: He starts off being like super, oh, I'm sorry, like, what are you doing? And then he, then he becomes antagonistic and actually starts going, oh, that chick was fat anyway. Like... <laughs> you know and actually trying to goad her into doing it which seems weird to me that he would just be like make Man. her feel
0: guilty or something that that she's becoming like him or something i,
3: I thought he was going to throw sand in her face but yeah. then he's
2: like no nah, stood there <laughs> and then she's immediately 20 feet away from him when she pulls the trigger <laughs> it's just that yeah i don't think they were really that far apart
3: well, maybe they didn't want to show you her walking away
2: slowly. Well, I thought Moonlight he was backing backwards? up. Yeah, he's the, backing up a bit. The realistic yeah. part is, yeah, when you fire the flamethrower, you have to be a certain distance <laughs> from what you're flamethrowing. And she totally... And it, they were right at the shore of the ocean. He could have just run in the water. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Flame's
3: natural enemy.
4: So, burns him to death and you get a, a flashback where it's um, Ballerina's favorite secret spot, which is a oh, nice touch. And then there a bunch of unnecessary drone shots, the... Lambo's on fire and there's a ballerina the water dancing and ethereal music playing.
1: The thing about ethereal the ballerina. Ethereal music. <laughs> the ballerina said, oh, I'm going to be a fish in my next life. I'm only I'm doing ballerina because I can't be a fish now. So this is hard on for being Nemo. And then, like, the last shot is her, the camera goes under the water and then, like, this ballerina is just dancing in the water. like. It's, a, it's quite a cool shot, but. It's, it's really
2: just, like artsy pretense stuff just for the sake of it at the end really cut the whole you can tell you've had children that's all i've got to say very (laughs) it was very (laughs)
3: pretentious (laughs) and it took like five fade to blacks to get there (laughs) it did you see
4: it could have been bang flamethrower credits that's all i needed yeah freeze frame (laughs) then over the credits like uh whatever you know oh, this is my favourite beach or blah blah blah, blah. no hey it man, could be so,
2: I'll be back so you save that <laughs> stuff for the sequel when she's like reminiscing at the start yeah a burnt hand coming out of the sand <laughs> <Gar>! <laughs> my face my precious face and the other thing is like through the movie like they he the director really goes for like the foreshadowing a number of times with you know the the tiny Dillinger gun and yeah the flamethrower and then yeah the gun with the girl etc you just like it, at a certain point i just know it's going to happen so it, it's no longer like we little won't it i don't know no it, it's definitely going to happen that's just obvious now you're just making it obvious what's going to happen in the whole movie so yeah it, it was a bit indulgent you're right mm. it went
3: into places that were just like me the
2: only one that wasn't was him pulling the <laughs> the chainsaw um mm. guy no it's one. Un- i'm unplugging the um the monitor on his his um, legs. Like, what was the point of that? Because because it's nothing, time to get down to business. Nothing happens. Like, obviously, unplugging is meant to be the police will come, but
0: they yeah. will come now. <laughs> well, eventually, <laughs>
2: off screen. Who cares? It doesn't matter.
4: That was ballerina. That was the ballerina. Uh, music for this is done by a producer named Gray, um, who's had uh, a number of credits. He got his own songs, but he's mainly a producer. I thought. Um, it suited the film because the film kind of, to me, large parts of it seemed like a big music video. And it, it works in a way. It works with the weird, everything's neon. It's not my type of music, but it works in certain areas. It, it's very we have, we have to mention, though, that
2: our favorite translation part of this entire movie is Netflix movie translation. They translated what type of music it was yes. for the scene. Um, they even music. translated just laugh every time.
1: And they even translated no music playing. Got to bit that should be my favorite part of the movie. Just <laughs> thank you subtitles. But yeah.
4: <laughs> it works for this film. It's not my yeah. Cuz I thought the especially
0: the, the electronic music is very cold, which is sort of the mood of the film.
3: Mm. It was just tried a little bit hard for me with the the hip hop beats and her being kind of cool wearing baggy clothes and sneakers. It was just trying to be too hard to make her into
2: this badass and that, that was kind of like the, the disconnect for me cuz she's she's obviously moody kind of character right and then she's trying to entice him by dressing up and going to the club and then acting exactly the same as she does normally <laughs> she's not anywhere near Enticing of of the character to, to- I think that kind
4: of yeah. works there because when she's behind him waiting, he's like, he's like smiling at her, and she's like, <laughs> and then goes straight back to like stone face, like behind See, his
1: back. There's that I agree with Mikey. Um, if they had have had a scene where she was following him for a couple of days, and he picked up some normal clubbing girl who was like, oh, you know, oh, you go a Lambo, oh, you can take me, and and then he was just like bored with her, but she comes along and something different. But he does say, easy girls are boring. Mm. well yeah he did say it but he also was I, I don't know if it was part of his plan or not when they were in their hotel room he goes, oh why is this awkward do you want to drink i think that was just his way but
2: that of that th- was my thing because he said easy girls are boring but then she offers to buy him a drink and i was like is that mm. something That's cultural different. that i'm, Flip the script, I'm missing, but
3: yeah. Flip the script, yeah
0: yeah and then he had a little smirk and stuff like that mm.
3: i thought it was weird I that she had lipstick to me. I think, I, he think did. I think
0: there was, yeah, makeup,
3: yeah. lip gloss to keep his lips dry. I mean, moist. Um, I thought it was weird <laughs> that she was drinking
1: a milkshake in the club.
0: Maybe that's her I was actually about to ask from
4: anyone
1: a milkshake. Has anyone ever like? Can you have any of the bars you've ever been to? Do you think you could ever order a milkshake?
4: You've had a fluffy duck. It's <laughs> not a milkshake. It's <laughs> a cocktail.
1: I don't know.
3: If I was wearing tight clothes and i have I'm lactose intolerant, I would bloat. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh this this film like over long over indulgent but just worth it for me it it's just good enough to make it worth watching like
3: thumbs up thumbs down uh i'd say thumbs up
4: leaning towards the middle like it it is a bit over the top like like i said earlier like you don't need to linger on that coffee cup for that long you don't need this dutch angle
1: but it's impressive so i'm just going to say a mild thumbs up mild thumbs up chris <laughs> Um, I liked it. Uh, I'll give it a thumbs up um, simply because I chose it. No, um, <laughs> it's what I liked about it. This was something different. It didn't have lots and lots of backstory and exposition. It just went along. Yeah, there was a couple of things they maybe didn't need to have as much on as they did, but and I like the fact that the fight scene camera work changed. Um, mm. That was you know the last twenty minutes was very good. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it, 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 that for me was like it was just it was something different other than the overly long. You know, and it wasn't also she's a Mary Sue who just woke up one day and was great. Yeah. You know. Rachel?
0: Um, I will say, usually my problem with films like this is that digital kills everything because digital is so, like, flat and then you look at it and you go, oh, it just looks like someone shot it with, like, a steady cam or something. So, in, in a sense, like, the way they've done the colour grading and then softened all the edges and then, I guess, changed the focus a bit, it's it probably stopped making me think about it. I'm always... It's almost like film, Mm. even though it's pretty, um, I guess, indulgent, I guess. So I kind of like it for that aspect, even though I guess it's maybe a bit much. And then the characterization of the bad guy is completely like off in Mm. the deep end is like, I guess that's what you need to, you know, to drive a revenge film, right? Completely disgusting person that you want to obliterate into outer
3: space. One
2: one dimensional character. Mm. So thumbs.
3: I would say thumbs up. All right. I was going to say thumbs leaning down, but then when you mentioned the bad guy, I was like, actually, yeah, he's
1: pretty good. <laughs> he's, pretty he's probably great. the most fleshed out character in the whole... I was that to say in the whole game then, in yeah. the whole film. Yeah, no, I'd give this a thumbs in the middle, leaning up.
0: Because I wanted you to... Because you've watched all those other, um, like, especially on Netflix, female revenge movies. Yes. Um, mm. They're all similar. And like, how would they compare?
3: Uh, this one's up there. Um, I mean... there there are better films out there but this one is up there this one I think actually would probably be better than Fury I'd watch this over Fury Um, Kill Bill obviously is the ultimate um, revenge flick female revenge flick I Spit on Your Grave yeah I haven't seen that Um, but it looks pretty there's some of those Pinky
4: violence films that Nathan's got a bunch of that are probably pretty good too
2: (laughs) yeah Mikey (laughs) Um, I'll I'll go yeah thumbs in the middle slightly up I I did like as Rachel described the the way it was shot and put together. And it is a little bit more of a story than an action, more thriller to action, maybe.
3: Yeah, the action bits are good, but you're right, a lot of it is kind of set
2: up. Yeah. And And lingering shots on stuff. Some of those other movies have more action, um... Definitely stylized action, but it was more interesting as you're saying how they've done the different action shots in each different mm. of the three action scenes. I really realistically, there's three action scenes in the movie. There was a scene
4: where um, they're getting the two girls are getting ready to essentially raid this place and to get their revenge. And one says to the lead, "If we waste our time, you know, we're going to miss our opportunity." Which is the film's way of saying. We're going to get there soon. We're going to get the fireworks factory. Uh, just don't hang don't don't with the fireworks factory. Just, just wait don't a little, little bit longer. press the pause button and, and then exit the film and then remove it from my list and then never watch it again. <laughs> the fireworks factory is just down there road. just please bear with us a little bit longer. It's like the director said, oh, we've really been... We're
2: getting there. We're getting there. I d- <laughs> I've it's been, definitely not a rewatch title for mm, me, though. No.
4: Uh, maybe not now, though. I'd give it a six month. Because there's, I think, uh, some stuff I would like to see again. But, yeah, maybe.
1: I think this would be something you'd rewatch if any of the stars did something... Oh, yeah. Another, in another you, film, and you go, oh, wait a minute. I wonder if they did that in the film, that yeah. type of thing. I want to see Chief Joe again. And I thought oh, Chief
3: yeah. Joe had the best line in the film where he goes, I can't believe a pussy like you is walking around with a dick in your <laughs> pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, rather than go through a do do this at home, I wanted to ask everybody what way they would kill this douchebag of a bad guy. A flamethrower was quite, quite excessive, quite, quite satisfying. But what way would you do in this guy who is just despicable? i them up into little pieces. Whoa! That's Whoa!
0: <laughs> put it through a food processor. Oh my gosh!
2: So that's me so messy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got the police have my number.
2: Uh, I do <laughs> hamburger patties. <laughs> I do like the. I do like the chopping up, but I'm going to add feeding to the fishies because oh. then oh. to like link in the fishies, it's which is thematic to the drugs. Yeah, that's very thematic.
3: Okay.
1: I would say if I was had a, had my choice to put like a director's cut or change the ending to it, I would have her go to the house. Get all the USB sticks, find all the women. Right? Oh. Heal the guy up just enough so he's and then take him to the to the beach and give them all a baseball bat. Hey. Oh and say go. And all those women could be like cameos of singers and stars and
4: shit.
3: Oh. No? Yeah. <laughs> Scott. Uh, well,
4: Chekhov's horses weren't used. So I'd, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd ride in on a fla- on a horse with the flamethrower.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> going to say they get stomped to death by by
4: all the horses. Oh, that's so uncouth! <laughs> <laughs> flamethrower on a horse, please.
1: The other way I would say was uh, I would do. I would probably tie him up in the Lamborghini, and I don't know, maybe push him into the water or something so he can go with his car or, or maybe set the car on fire with him in it or something like that. You if know? we're going to
2: do the horse stomping, though, I think he has to be in that shower booth turned around uh, like he, oh, like yeah, he ordered yeah, yeah. the girl to do and then have the horse go... <laughs> 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 well, those are all really
3: great. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of like an eye for an eye, so I, I feel like making him the sex slave in prison or something like that just to... Yeah put him through the same thing. I always
1: kind of leaning towards that Some but I wasn't giant, sure fat how it would guy get him. In the latex? Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Charlie, Charlie's going to look after you. Two wrongs don't make a right. No, <laughs> but they make a lot of fun. <laughs> watching this guy get his come up to- two wrongs don't make a right but Rook had a mincer guy and the to have a, a hamburger <laughs> <of> meat you <laughs> asked the question yeah. you posed the question yeah. <laughs> nearly, I merely answered it I love that my, my, oh, I'm just gonna have this guy be a sex slave Sam two wrongs don't make a right
0: this, we got all these other solutions <laughs> <laughs> over too, here. too Philo- soon philosophically, Sam philosophically <laughs> you post the question <laughs> I'm not actually going to go through with it, but...
4: No, me
1: neither. You know, I don't you? know yet. Like, if Scott
4: goes missing, I know where I'm looking first. Yeah, the hamburger. What, what, what about he has to eat every cake in the shop?
1: <laughs> oh, Choc Min.
4: Chuck Min. He has to lose his six-pack by eating
0: every cake in the shop. And then when
4: he's when he's all full and bloated, then they chase him in Lamborghini and he has to puke and run. And
3: oh. <laughs> We're thinking of some really horrendous... Uh, yes. National service for
0: the rest of his life. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> so but he did have a fitting ending with a flamethrower so yeah and that was the ball arena uh, I'd like to thank Mikey Rachel Chris Scott and everybody listening for joining us again on the Asian Action Cast if you have any comments views uh, criticisms please get in touch have Asian. we had anything come through yes we had lots of things come through Chris um, I don't read it though so I couldn't tell you <laughs> but. now I got a question for you Christian uh, are you going to be here for the
4: next episode will probably be our end of year wrap up <sighs>
1: you know what I, I possibly I don't I don't know
4: all right. if you if you aren't then I'll get back to you later and we'll get uh, your sort of thoughts on your favourite movies and bits and pieces and
1: what you enjoy well, see, I've year. seen three all year so that'll be pretty mm. quickly <laughs> yeah. you're gonna vote for all three <laughs> I, I've seen three and can remember one so your favourite <laughs> Triple R was that this year that was a great film
0: was it this year? Feels like a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, no.
1: It took us. It took us half a year to watch that film. It was so damn long. Mm, good film though. <laughs> so yeah, wait and suspense,
3: audience. Chris may or may not be here. Dun dun dun. You know my.
1: You know whenever these cars, they do well. It's Actually, because my fans. Sup? audience, vote.
3: The more of you that vote, Chris will be here. Asian Ashcast, <laughs> Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.
1: The the light. in the comments.
4: The phones are lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> lighting up.
1: Back, right, let back. me answer this call. Mom. get off the line. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
3: Two wrongs that make a rival Rook had a mincer guy yeah. a hamburger meat. <laughs> We'll get to that no one. No talking.
0: No new crap. Take a cure of business now. Oh. <laughs>